Hello, yummy mummies. Welcome to Beyond the Bump, a podcast brought to you by Jade Caldwell and Sophie Pierce. This podcast is targeted at mums, mums to be, and women in general. And gents, feel free to have a listen too. It's a place to have real discussions and ask real questions, no matter how hard, with honest and authentic people. The aim is to have you feeling lighter, more supported, and more understood after every listen. Now, we can't promise that it will always be kept PG, so please be mindful around little ears. Here we go. In part two of our chat with midwife Mandy, we chat about newborn sleep, newborn skin, the postpartum mum, and really just open up and have honest chats about basically everything newborn. If you haven't listened to part one of our chat with Mandy about newborn feeding and digestion, we recommend that you start there and we hope you all enjoy. Well, welcome back, Midwife Mans. Today we are talking about all things newborn sleep, newborn skin, and more importantly, the forgotten mama. Good morning, girls. Now tell us, <laughs> you have been somewhere this morning. Oh boy, yes, I've been up all night playing in the labour ward with my beautiful friend who's just had an amazing, we had an amazing birth of a little baby cove at quarter to two this morning. Oh, yeah. So sleep's a very appropriate lack of. Yes. But the miracle of birth just keeps you wired hormonally for the midwife, for the mother, for everyone. It's just a magnetic, incredible. Number five, amazing woman, six and a half year break between baby four and five. She was a little bit nervous, had to get in a headspace, but once she got into her zone and breathed that baby out, she was just incredible, like a steam train. She was amazing. Oh, how So gorgeous, beautiful, healthy baby and and lovely family. So good. Well, you look like you've had a full night's sleep. You look so fabulous. So maybe you can tell us your secrets. But <laughs> yeah, as you said, we're going to start off talking about sleep today and kind of what's normal sleep for a newborn, whether we should have expectations and if so, what those expectations should be. I think, look, when you're pregnant, so many people talk about sleep deprivation and it can get so scary. Mm. And I think, you know, did you love your sleep? <laughs> Yeah, as a a non-pregnant person. So if someone starts telling you you're not going to sleep much, it can really increase fear and think you're not going to be able to do your new job if you're half asleep. Yeah. But saying that, your body's designed absolutely to do this. You have a huge adrenaline release after birth for 21 days. Yes. (laughs) Okay, so it seems to carry you um, through just all these different phases of a newborn's sleep behaviour. And, you know, as we know, they sleep for 20 to 40 minutes. They have that's their inbuilt cycle. But some you might not even be aware of that when you've got a newborn baby because you're just trying to feed them, trying to burp them, trying to get them back to sleep. You can't even decipher between one thing and the other. So a newborn actually is apparently by the textbook meant to sleep 18 out of 24 hours. That's sort of giving an hour for six feeds a day. But I think that's a little bit on the precious side like I think mm. if you had the 18 hour sleep you'd feel like a mega wonder mother and mm. you'd feel quite refreshed but that I really think isn't realistic I think that's 12 to 15 yeah that's the spectrum. upper end I reckon 12 to 15 for a newborn in the first two or three weeks to start with yeah. and then it particularly changes after that first growth leap so is it the adrenaline mainly that gets you through because I know myself and my husband were always people that loved sleep before and needed a lot of sleep but since because and I worried that you know in becoming a parent I I wasn't going to be able to do the job properly because I was someone who normally functioned off a good 10 hour sleep at night but then when we started having children um, especially when they are newborns we 
seem to be fine. I think it's more when your baby turns, say, one and then starts to have a shocking night, then you go, oh gosh, how did I ever do this when I had a newborn? Because suddenly I'm not okay with this. I know that when my children start sleeping through the night and they do have like a night that they're sick and they're up, you're when you're actually getting proper sleep again, you're like, oh God, what is going on? Yeah. But in the newborn bubble, you're just so used to being on every few yes. hours that yeah. you, you do, you just you just roll with it. And the wonderful thing is you've got oxytocin, which is yeah. your love hormone, and that is a spectacular connecting event. So it's sort of right, you ride this high with your baby for that first 21 days, like I said, and then the prolactin with your milking, that's got a natural sedative in it because nature knew it was a terribly boring job to be on repeat all day all day all day so it actually puts the baby back to sleep and you so if you were actually awake in the middle of the night for an hour you probably find it really hard to get back to sleep but when you've fed a baby and they've gone off to sleep and you start falling asleep while you're feeding and a lot of new mums will say that to me as soon as I start feeding the baby I just Mm. get knocked out I just feel like I can't keep my eyes open that's actually nature's coma <laughs> like no. it actually does that because it know your your body is telling you it's okay it's going to give you just enough for that one feed just enough for the next and it sort of keeps you calm actually that, yeah. that hormonal blueprint with a few you know higgledy bumps as we know when we get sleep deprived we get cranky and we get a bit desperate we lose that confidence and we're overwhelmed by our new job yeah. both the baby's overwhelmed we're yeah. overwhelmed because mm. sleep does that as soon as you're unplugged hey girls <laughs> and how unfair it is, is it when you give birth and it is it's such an ordeal you know you're you're pushing for x amount of hours and you're so tired and the one time you probably need sleep is the time that you have to start parenting yeah yeah that's Absolutely. it every two hours every three hours yes. you can't regain that sleep again that's it yeah and is that true can you can you bank sleep you know when you're pregnant everyone says to you oh sleep now because you're never gonna yeah. sleep again in your whole freaking yeah. life um, which is not true but I used to get so annoyed when everyone, you know, I would yawn in public pregnant and everyone would go, oh, you think you're tired now? Just wait till the baby comes. Can you bank sleep? You can't bank sleep, but you can get your body rested and prepared. And I think eating and resting, exercising, all of that, just get you in a good headspace and know that you've, you know, nested. That's what yeah. nesting's all about, yeah. isn't it? We've got a nest. Is nesting resting or scrubbing the walls <laughs> with a toothbrush? Well, I'm not sure. like my little friend last night, that's how I knew she was in true boo labour. She actually organised a whole, she lives in a multi-level house. She rearranged a whole room, set up a cot, get all the, got all the other kids setting everything up and then she was right to have a baby so it's a real thing and she's never nested like that before so she knew she was on wow. right I was going to say that. classic fifth baby you're yeah. setting up the room probably as you're I mean, in the throes of labour yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's so great yeah. now can you tell us a little bit about hibernation sleep what is that yeah, what's well, the point of it well, I think Jade was saying, you know, you expect you do this big grand birth and then you think, great, big, big, big sleep for me. But what happens is <laughs> you do the big work and so does the baby. Yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden you have a great feed that first hour, babies are really, really alert, and then all of a sudden they go into a really deep sleep. 
but you don't. You're like high as a kite. Your body might be going, what's happened to me? But you, And you want to go to sleep, but you just can't because you're on a, you know, absolute hormonal high. Yeah. Um, can be for a few days, but particularly that initial. And you really need that hibernation sleep. That's where they're restoring their energy. They're recovering. And sometimes they're a bit mucousy from the birth and they've swallowed a whole heck of, you know, they had a little, mm. little popper juice on the way out. <laughs> and they think, oh, that'll do yeah. a bit of sugar in there. That'll do me for a while. I can go and rest my little case and just wake up shortly and so seven hours it can be up to seven hours that hibernation sleep so the mum thinks she's got this fantastic baby i've got this one that eats and sleep but then it all changes and do all babies do it or just some um most babies will have a hibernation sleep at some stage but some babies just come out like super hungry like they've had suzuki lessons in the womb and that they're just (laughs) on to the on for the munch (laughs) they never stop yeah. You know, some babies are every two hours from the minute they blink. Yeah. <laughs> and is there a point that we should wake them up from that hibernation sleep just to make sure they're getting enough calories? Yeah, well, I think um, they they can go 8 to 12 hours, but generally yeah. probably after 6 or 7 hours yeah. of it. If, if they've had a great breastfeed at birth, we don't really have to worry too much. Yeah. But if they've gone maybe at 6 hours, I'd probably hand express the mum a little bit of colostrum and syringe a little bit of colostrum in. Yeah. Sometimes that wakes them up, a little bit of a sweet kiss of yeah. mummy's milk and they go oh that's what I'm meant to be doing oh back in the earth let's get going see I was told with the three of mine when I was in the hospital that I should always you know every two hours wake them up and feed them and I just thought that was ludicrous because I was like let them sleep and let me sleep but they said that they just needed to start stimulating your milk and your breast to draw it down get it ready so after that first sleep that that would be right we probably roughly oh we're so clock focused but Mm. we roughly you know want to right from the gecko you want to really get their day and night sorted so you want to feed them lots in the day and probably less at night that would be the main game aim but a lot of babies come out with day and night you know they're night rages and they haven't quite read the memo (laughs) (laughs) and that's where our sleep gets a little bit challenged and that's okay but we eventually you know it becomes with just a lot of practice and and just Feeding three hourly does bring your milk in definitely, two to three hourly anyway. We'll bring that milk in and then we can fiddle a little bit after that. And with the topic of babies who wake up during the night, have a party and sleep during the day, there was a few tips of drawing down the curtain at night and then having it up during the day so they could actually differentiate daylight and nighttime. Yes. Yeah. And particularly um, social feeding during the day. So actually chatting to your baby, singing to them, doing all that sort of daytime. You know, they're used to womb time, so they're used to your noise and your voice. So you want to keep it familiar. You can be noisy, you can have music on, you can have whatever around you. And you want that in the day so they know that that's daytime and you want to put them down before they go to sleep so they actually get used to a little space to rest but then nighttime you want low lights no noise like this is a job baby do your job and back to it because I want to get back to it too so I mean I think the newborn sleep really it doesn't matter how quickly you try you think right I'm gonna make this feed quicker and it's just universally an hour no matter how you yeah. do it, with a feed change burp and put a wrap around and a settle up, you can't yeah. really do it any quicker. It eventually gets quicker as we know. I know, it gradually just all of a sudden does and suddenly yeah. you realise you're back in bed within 15 minutes yeah. and you go, oh, when did that start to happen? Yeah, and that's yeah. where night feeds become precious. You get more relationship. You, once you've sorted things out a little bit, you think that night feed is quicker, it's you know highly nutritious and you actually puts you to sleep, you go back to sleep so does the baby. Yeah. 
and it's not as painful, especially when you get down to one sleep, one one, one wake, feed. one yeah, wake. Yeah, absolutely. So, what are some cues that a newborn is tired? Okay, so the big one is they get like sort of jerky movements with their hands, and they get a, their faces scrunch up, and they're sort of squirming they get the squirms i would say that's probably the easiest way without showing you yeah <laughs> not so good on i'm using lots of hand movements here <laughs> she's acting basically like a grumpy t-rex yeah so the grumpy t-rex yep i would say it could potentially yeah. look like that and it just happens in a moment so the baby can be quite like, calm sorry i'm randomly like having a letting down, down <laughs> Catch that milk, honey. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. She your your T-Rex the... arms are making me um... <laughs> let down. <laughs> She's in the moment. She's feeling the feed. All right. So if that can happen really quite quickly, that baby can be quite calm and then the jerky rhythmic movements start, the mouth starts going, and you're not really sure whether they need a bit more feed. It's, or... it's confusing, isn't it? It is really confusing. The first three weeks, don't expect yourself to know yeah. because you've got a brand new design, a little baby. And it's sort of it's sort of like a checklist where you go, okay, they've been fed, I've burped them, I've checked their nappy, they should be tired. And then if something's wrong, let's go through those stages again Absolutely. and see if one of those work. Yes, and that little system in your head to give you confidence, like feed first, always go back to feed first because sometimes we get a bit religious. We've had this side and we've had this side and we've been on for this many minutes and my mother told me not many more than this minutes and we get time and clock focused rather than looking at the baby and what is the baby telling me? What are its movements? And and maybe we'll just eliminate. So we'll just go through the list again and I think sometimes you find they're actually still hungry. Mm. They haven't quite. They need an yeah. extra little slurpee as I call it. Especially <laughs> in those newborn days where they're still getting the hang of feeding, you know, you could have been sitting there with your boobs somewhat in their mouth for 20 minutes, but they may have only been efficient for three of those minutes or you might have been distracted mm. doing something else. Or and, a snore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and I don't think, it, like, you know, as they become more efficient, sure, you can go, look, I've already fed you. You yeah. can't still be hungry. Yeah. But I think when they're so little, like, yeah, they and don't first know. first babies, yeah. you don't know. You don't yeah. have that inner knowledge and trust in your instinct yet. Yeah. So you're both on the L-plate course. You're both yeah. on your L's. <laughs> yeah, totally. Once you reach those cues, is it gen- is the baby generally overtired or or it's more when they start to get really upset that they've reached that overtired When they're really stage? up, when they're full on crying. Yeah. They're, they're overdone. But before that, the jerky and the disgruntled look and the squirming, it's a great time to wrap yeah. them up and cuddle them. Yeah. And I think it's really important with sleep is to have a different association. You know, or suck them always to sleep. Yeah. That after a feed to pop them up and, and give them a nice cuddle and, and just breathe slowly with them, pat them, you know, whatever yeah. it is, make them feel nurtured. Because it's really about back to the womb for the first 12 weeks. So they've yeah. been in this cosy, cosy oh, oven. No. And then we've had all these exposures and stimulants, you know, yeah. thrown at them, light, dark, all of that. And yeah. it's like they just need to be wrapped up and made close back to mum's heartbeat. Yeah. And I heard that once from a paediatrician and I've just loved it ever since. Yeah. So back to the womb is a really good routine for the first 12 weeks. Yeah. So but whatever it takes to get them back to a womb state. What age do babies start to naturally get into a sleep routine? Okay, so I think after you've done the three-week leap and maybe they've smiled at you at six weeks there's a little bit more predictability with their sleep even though that sleep are 20 to 40 minute sleep cycles naturally you might not pick that up 
in the first weeks. But I think coming into six weeks, they get a bit more responsive to you. You understand them better and you start noticing that after 20 minutes or 40 minutes, they, they flinch and move in the, in their beds and what have you. Um, and some babies are able to override those 20 mm. minute cycles and just with you maybe putting your hands on them and, and stroking them or patting them off, you can get them back to sleep. And once they get past those three cycles, if they get past an hour, you've normally got a nice self-soother that can actually stay asleep and just wake when they need to. But first babies, I think any cry or any movement, you tend to be, I don't know, did you find this girl? You're right in on it. You don't let any little protest cry or anything. No. So what if you, you've got REM sleep, there's, yes. there's a few stages, isn't yes, there? there is. Um, there's that light sleep, you yeah. tell me. Yeah, I don't think you've got to get, I think for these girls that are going into it, it can be a little bit like a book and at this stage this happens. I think every baby is so different and I had a baby that went into deep sleeps um, really easily and I, that, you'd never see the 20 or the 40 minutes, you just they'd wake up after an hour and a half. Wow. That's just what they did. Other babies are so fitful and nervy, um, they actually need to be held in those first few weeks. They won't even sleep by themselves. They've got to sleep literally on you. And is that fine? Well, look, they recommend with SIDS to always put your bed down, uh, baby down in the cot, but people do co-sleep with a co-sleep setup, and that's fine to have the baby next to you in your bed with a you know, a proper setup. Saying that, like I said, you're full asleep when you're feeding, you might be watching TV or some sort of Netflix series, yes. you're there and you've both gone off to sleep. That is not going to hurt either of you. Do you know, yeah. it's called nurture. And mother's, <laughs> okay. and, and mother's instinct. That's I right. remember always feeding and then, to be honest, for the first few weeks the only way that they would actually sleep was to be their tummy on my chest yeah. and they would sleep for out like a yeah. couple of hours yeah. and if that was the way me propped up on a pillow with my arms like this that was how we're going to get sleep I was yeah. going to take it and I think you know there's so much pressure for skin to skin contact for the first hour of birth it's not like they stop needing that yeah. <laughs> it's like do it for the first hour and then just We'll get into a routine, girls. <laughs> you know, this baby so hasn't like read that memo, for goodness sake. It? It's so <laughs> like that. It's like, oh, skin to skin is so important. Oh, but make sure your baby's wrapped and nowhere near you when it's sleeps. But your baby's going <laughs> to sleep something like 20 hours a day. Yeah. And it's like, right. So <laughs> it's very confusing. My maths isn't adding up here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's what I mean. There's so many things coming at newborn mums. Mm-hmm. And I think every baby sleeps differently. Every mother's going to do it differently. You're going to have a baby-led routine or you're going to have a mummy-led routine. Now, hopefully, baby-led is going to work better for you because if you start reading the baby, you'll get a routine from that baby that yeah, you'll actually awesome. like. We just don't know. Your journey's, you know, you're going to write your own story, girls. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, I, found, own- I found with both girls around maybe 10 to 12 weeks, they started to fall more into a, you know, wake up, have an hour and a half yeah of awake time absolutely start to tell me that they were pretty tired and so I started to try and jump onto that and go well maybe I'll feed them when they wake up rather than feeding them to go to sleep and you know that didn't happen 100% of the time at all but I found that they started to do that around that time before that it was just whatever works feed feed to need but around eight weeks it's definitely it's like this magic button goes off and I don't know if it's just the wonder weeks and Mm. the development but it's very very common at eight weeks that they do these 40 minute sleep cycles and that's where we often find our cat nappers evolve from how do you deal with the cat napping 
Is there tips? Uh, well, I think you try and get past the protest cry. So babies will have a little what we call protest cry and some mums just can't cope with any cry. So they just pick the baby up straight away. I think after the third child or the second child, you're like, one, I ain't got time to, you know, go to you right now and then they learn to adapt to it and my goodness I have had the best sleeper number three yep yep they bring themselves up don't they 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 really do but Mm. for a first time mother Mm. you have the time to go in and and nurture and care yeah see I felt comfortable with it the first time but it took quite a few months to feel like I genuinely knew okay no that's just a grizzle protest versus I need to go and do something about that but as you say yeah there's definitely times where Goldie's self-soothed after two minutes because I'm next door in the bathroom wiping Poppy's ass on the body or something you know I think the most confusing things for new mums is you know they don't just do it the same thing after you do the same thing yeah. to them. So they might you might do this have this lovely routine happening in the morning and you get bango, bango, two fabulous sleeps, you go, I'm on to this. Mm. This is going to be a great day. Mm. And then of course all unpacks in the afternoon, like mm. we talked about last week. And then you doubt yourself. You think, well what am I doing? What do I do differently? Babies are going to change and so are you. Mm. You just got to change with them mm. rather There's than so resent much, them. <laughs> so much self-doubt isn't is it? like yeah. I feel like I was constantly second guessing myself every minute of the day as to what I should be doing and what's right and it yeah it went for a good Mm. six months of just trying to understand Mm. what is the right and wrong thing to do because there the thing is there is no right and wrong thing it is just the expectations we have and learning and reading these books and listening to other women and your grandparents and your mother they're so many stories that but that's their stories yes you need to be able to create your own story absolutely i think it's so comforting knowing that the good and the bad it's all transient so the good make the most of it because it's not going to last forever and the bad try i mean i know it's so easy to say but even the sleep deprivation like try not to become like a complete victim of it because yeah. that will pass too. Yes. And I don't think I realised that the first time. And I think this second time I'm finding it easier to deal with the night times yes. and that kind of thing because I know little... that it's not forever. Yeah. Whereas the first time I was like, okay, so until this child is 18, is she only going to sleep yeah. in three-hour blocks? Yes. And, and you, there's just there doesn't seem to be a light yeah. at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, absolutely. I think the first baby is just so overwhelming overwhelm.com is the website that nobody reads (laughs) it's too scary to press the button on that because everyone has a different response to being overwhelmed some people go in themselves and and some people seem like they know everything your overwhelmed threshold seems to change from day to day and sometimes I find that's when you judge yourself the most because you go look my night last night wasn't actually that bad but I cannot function today and you start to kind of go Mm. you know today hasn't even been that hard like why are you not functioning and then you might have a yeah you know like a really bad night and feel fine the next day and and it's always changing and I do find that you know in the whole foggy mess of the newborn phase I used to get so caught up with having to do certain things to be a really good housewife and mother Mm -hmm. so I would have in my head okay I'm going to do whatever the baby wants, but I'm also in between all that. I'm going to wash the dishes, do the clothes. I'm going to do absolutely everything. So at the end of the day, when I didn't do any of that, I was so worked up within Mm. myself and I was beating myself up because I couldn't do it. Now that I've learned that you cannot do everything 
when you have a baby that needs you every few hours. And I think as maybe as a tip to a partner of someone who's staying at home with the newborn, try not the first thing that you say when you come in the door. What did you do today? What did you do today? Maybe just say, how was your day? Because sometimes, like, you know, my, my husband was not meaning it in a judgmental way, but sometimes you know, someone walks in and goes, what did you do today? Or, you know, a friend will call and say, what did you do? And honestly, all you want to say is we survived and that is all we did today. But you can feel so guilty. Like, oh, what did I even do today? Oh, my gosh. All I all I did was held her today or, or I feel like I was just settling her whole, the yeah. whole day. And so that would be one tip to a partner is just don't walk through the door and say, what did you do today? Yeah. And if there's dishes everywhere, just ignore them completely it's just so much more important to at the end of the day feel calm and content and knowing that you've loved and nurtured your baby rather than have achieved, achieved all these the to-do list pity ass jobs that <laughs> really don't matter no absolutely go and get a mother-in-law or somebody <laughs> to yes. come on over and do Attend to the washing basket <laughs> you're on washing basket yeah, I, mean, I mean your child is never going to remember you or i don't think anyone's ever going to go oh you know what was your favourite thing that your mum did? Oh, the laundry basket was always empty because oh, yeah. when, she, when yeah. she mopped those floors, she was in a ripper mood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're never going to remember yeah. that. And getting showered, getting yourself fed, getting your baby cuddled, fed and off to sleep, that's a high achievement day for a yeah, newborn mother. Totally. <laughs> you know, and that yeah. buck stops there. Okay. Yeah. So if yeah. you want, if you're really desperate to get other things done, you know, bring in the cavalry. And, yeah. and, and nobody cares. I have to say this. Nobody cares or even looks at your house. I think that we all feel that when we have people over that we have to. And, look, I, I even still do this and pretend I don't. But I I try and have this beautiful house that's clean. It's I, I make a big point of doing it. But nobody gives a shit really. No. They walk in. They see a house, they don't look at the floor and see how dirty it is or the shit in the corner of the crack in the ceiling, you know. They're only there to see you and the baby. That's what they're focusing on. So just let it all go. Yeah. At whatever level you can. Yeah. Some people need help with that. <laughs> Me. <laughs> you know. It's all good. We're all normal. Shut up, it's still the same. It's still the same. I'm just like, I hope Jade listens to this yeah, Jade, can you, can, you, can you listen to this podcast <laughs> But you're evolving. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Jade, I've yeah. got this great podcast for you to listen <laughs> to. I'm not quite sure if you've heard You're honest it. and that's exactly When I'm 50, I'm going to be just like nailing life. Yeah. Your house will just be just a shit. No, you really you won't care. Care. Yeah. It's the same thing right through. Yeah. 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 You're either house proud or you're not. You know what I mean? And it doesn't matter if you are either because way. It's, it's you. It's what. You've got it's to be you. It's just you. And you'll do your priority. Yep. Yeah. That's how it works. Absolutely. Keep your sanity. Totally. Okay. Now, we were talking about something. We were talking <laughs> about something, <laughs> weren't we? <laughs> we were, we're talking about sleep, but it's we're, all interlocked really, yes. isn't it? So, men, how do we encourage a good sleep routine? Well, right from the start, I think we've talked a little bit about, you know, making sure your baby's well fed. So plenty of food. Okay. You're going to have a little break between feeds so they can digest. And then you're probably going to change their nappy. So I often say you're having main course on the first side and then we're going for the Tim Tam suck on the second. And sometimes the dessert sucks just that little bit enough to make us go to sleep, but we don't want the baby to sleep on our breast or the bottle. Um, you want to take them off for a moment, give them a bit, wrap them up, give them a cuddle upright or just, just cuddle them, but um, have them near you, but not near your 
your chest because then you want to lay them down and just let them have their own little space so they actually we're trying to uh, reduce an association Mm -hmm. so obviously rocking swaying all of that is so normal in your newborn period but coming up to six to eight weeks like we mentioned when the baby's a little bit more uh, responsive a bit more relational smiling at us to letting us know it's all good (laughs) and it keeps you going doesn't it fuels your next confidence and then we can pop those babies down and that self-settling thing and repetition so doing the same thing also with your bath time so maybe if you can't get anything ordered in the day bath them at the same time of the day so that's they know that they're having a feed and they're going to have a bath and they'll actually start doing a protest cry they'll actually cry before you wrap them up and then you know hey they know they're going to sleep Mm. so they'll start letting you know so you don't have to be scared of that little this particular cry because you'll know it when you hear it and that's okay because they're unwinding from the day so you want them to cry crying is good crying's good and it's just letting you know the seven different cries and that's just every baby will have a slightly different version of that cry and you'll start to understand it so you'll know how to respond and to it. And you've got to imagine falling over and hurting yourself. Say like someone came up and went, oh, no, shh, 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 and stopped you from releasing your emotions. It's almost in, in a same way, similar way, a newborn at the end of the day with all the things that they're seeing and taking in, the only way that they can express is by crying absolutely. at this stage. Yes. So you have to allow them to be able to do that. Yeah, a little bit is absolutely Even up to three minutes if someone's on the timer there, you know, yeah. people often ask, how long can I let them cry? Well, some people can't even let them gasp a cry. As once it sounds again, like it's, it's, it's up to you. Whatever so you, you want to do. Whatever works for you and your sanity and your baby, it's mm-hmm. all good. But I think also it's important to kind of express to mums that it's not our job to make sure that our baby is happy and not crying 24-7 because it's not possible. And I think we can do our own heads in trying to make sure our baby never, ever cries. But that's the only way that they can communicate. Absolutely. Yeah. And like I say, probably 70% of newborn babies are what we call agitators. They need a little bit of help to do their job, you know. Yeah. There's just a little bit of agitation all day. And our job as a mother is to come in with the peace and calm. Yeah. And we're the boss, even though they make make out they're the are bosses. We? Yeah. We're, we're meant to be. <laughs> Let's move on to newborn skin. How often should we be bathing newborns and what should we be na- bathing them in? Okay. So the first bath of baby, we try and put it off for maybe – um, 24, 48, even 72 hours. Some some people are into not bathing them for the first week, but I think their cords would be coming off then and they get a bit woofy. But everyone's What's the reason for that? Just because of all the beautiful smell and connection for mums. So mum's got a scent, baby's got a scent, so it's very important for the oxytocin and that connection to not wipe away all their neck because we tend to wash up everything and scrub everything. Mm. <laughs> we're scrubbing society, as we know. Uh, yeah, these days we're super scrubbed, so absolutely let that baby be in its natural fluid. Obviously, if they come out really bloody or messy, you can wipe their faces and wash their hair. And so in the bath, just a little bit of just water, generally speaking. If a baby comes out overcooked, they quite have peely skin, so you could maybe um, put a little um, bit of whatever, you know, mergus. There's so much range out there, but I probably don't use anything that's harsh. Um, but is that like an oil into the bath or yeah, it can lotion be, on the skin? Well, or? it can be a little bit of oil in the bath. Yeah. I, I tend to use water in the bath, and then if you've got dry, sensitive skin, you can try good old oats in a stocking. Yeah. And just have a milky bath, and oh, that's really good for eczema babies or anyone that's got really sensitive skin. You just put a little bit of that, and that just softens the water. Um, some people will even use a, like a Cetaphil, a neutralized 
um, product or something. There's so much product. And I think we don't need to get too confused. The main thing is don't be using essential oils, right? At newborn stage, you need to wait till they're about three months. I mean, you can have lavender, you know, around their cot sheets and things like that on a cotton wool ball, and you can have that scent in the room, but not actually directly on their skin. I can't smell lavender oil because when I had pups in my first pregnancy, you know, I basically bought the entire pharmacy to try and settle this itch. And one day I lathered myself in lavender oh, oil. It didn't burn. No, oh, it was yeah. fine. But by the end of the day, the smell was doing my head and it didn't help with the itch anyway. And I remember Nick got home from work and was like, what, what is happening in here? Cause it just stank. And from that day forward, no, Nick and I have not been able to smell lavender, love lavender oil. oil. Yeah, so scent has so so much strong association. So it's yeah. great to, you know, blow some mist in the room if you want to. Same or with perfume, though. They say that as, you know, for the first few weeks, don't put perfume on your yeah. skin because your baby yeah. should so be smelling you. Obviously, you might want some natural deo. Well, you might want some natural deo or something yeah. like that, but nothing too fragrant is absolutely yeah. right, although you might just have your signature scent. <laughs> every, yeah. every mother's got her signature scent. Yeah. And as you know, you would have gone, oh, that smells like grandma. Right, you know, that's part of your story. You're going to have your own scent and yeah. your baby that's why it calms down when it comes to you because it sniffs you and knows yeah. oh that's mum that's mummy smell yeah. that's familiar oh that's daddy smell <sighs> don't I'll yeah. cry that's, that's why that's why dad me. when when you, you can put leave a t-shirt with dad that you wear and so you can go out and have a few drinks with your girlfriends and then yeah. they you're tricking them thinking that there's mum home but it's not so you can use cream, like you can wash, you know, when you've got a head of hair, you can use a little bit of baby shampoo. Or, uh, and what about and the then, dry? And for dry screen, like an aqueous, sort of like a big tub of aqueous is pretty common. You know, not that I'm into brands, but I do find that French, that Avene brand really yeah. good, the Zero Calm and the Sickle Fate, just because they've got that natural spring water as a base. Yeah. Just like any issue, there's lots of options and everyone will find like Mugu or everyone will find their own thing that works for their skin. So for people with really sensitive skin, it's an elimination process and sometimes it's a dietary thing. They've got to get rid of something in their diet to start with. They might get rid of dairy, wheat first, and then you notice that the baby's skin settled down or you've just got the normal um, spotty, spotty dotties at three weeks. Yeah, little, can we talk a bit ooh. about newborn acne? Because I know it freaks a lot of parents yes. out because they've gone from having this super cute baby, they've organised their newborn photo shoot for one month of age <laughs> or whatever, and all of a sudden they think, what happened to my baby? <laughs> Don't want them anywhere near a camera. Yeah. <laughs> what's the go with Yeah, so it's acne? just a withdrawal of placental hormones. So some babies get just a few little dots on their face and some of them get like, they almost look like pimples. You, If you're a pimple popper and you're sitting there with them for a long time, you could be tempted, but I can tell you it ends badly. I think I did one with my third baby. I was just sitting there for weeks. This this has got to come out if I just just give it a – and I think I, you know, poor kid had a sore on his nose. I couldn't resist this one particular. Oh, no, it's all good now. It's and what good. about that stuff on there? The cradle head. cap? Yeah. Can you get yeah. rid of that? Because that's quite feral, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it can be quite. She's head. stroking her hair as she says that, and I'm feeling it. Do you have cradle cap? <laughs> no, I don't. Cradle crap. Yeah, just needs. Yeah, so sensitive babies tend to get the cradle cap. Once again, you can remove dairy from your breastfeeding diet for 48 hours, and that can seem to move it along. Otherwise, I just get my mum's, I get some bicarb powder and just put some water in it and then make a little paste. That's because, you know, bicarbs are super duper exfoliant. 
And so you just rub oh, that's that. That's the best. That everything. You can clean a kitchen bench and oh. a kid's head. Like, seriously. Like a baby one. Which one do you do first? Yeah. <laughs> that's right. So we're going to rub the baby's head with that, wash it off, and then you can put some coconut oil. Awesome. Over the baby's head and, and sometimes so you have to repeat it for a few days. And if it's really bad and mum's been in denial and she's, she thinks the baby's got the soft spot, that's the other thing. Mums are really quite <laughs> paranoid about their little soft spot. And so often the cradle cap's just sitting right on top of that. So they're just, they think they're going to give the baby a brain Enjoy. event if they touch the top of the baby's head. But babies love massage on their head. So yeah, rub their head, stimulate their skin. We all. I'll benefit, you'll benefit. But I, I think it's important to emphasise that a newborn acne is so common. I think it's something like half of all newborns Absolutely. get it because I posted a picture on Instagram of Goldie with hers <laughs> and so many people were like, thank you so much. I yes. was so ashamed of my baby. <laughs> not ashamed, but like... Because like, you come good at three weeks, yeah. like you're ready for show and tell yeah. and they're not. <laughs> and, you know, like I even remember when Poppy had it, taking her out in the pram and I think we went to a cafe or something and I was just like, oh, my gosh, please, no one. One, pull the muslin back. I don't want, you know, because you're worried they're just going to go. Oh, They've got an infection. So and, yeah. and, it, and it generally resolves on its yeah. own Absolutely. pretty quickly. It can be three to six, right up to 12 weeks. And some babies just got it on their face. Some have it all over their head like they've got a head full of pimples. Yeah. And some right throughout their body. So yeah. it just so depends. And it yeah. comes and goes as well. So you think, yeah. yeah. It's gone and then, oh, it's back. While we're talking about skin, can we talk about baby bottoms? Baby bottoms. Yes. Yes, um, rashes. And, yeah. And Yumi had a big nappy rash um, and it ended up being a certain wipe. It had too much water on it and it gave her, like, real big cuts and rashes so do you think the area was staying too yeah, moist absolutely it okay. wasn't it wasn't dry enough so i had to stop using that and i used a different wipe and then i put on a barrier cream yeah and i they say cornflower works oh, i probably wouldn't use that because that can go up the crap like on a girl baby you can get into their bladder if you use cornflower any powders okay on the genital area yeah, I thought so, powders are a bit old yeah so maybe. yeah but even the curash ones like same yeah. it's still sold a lot of mums use Right. And I say don't use the powders. So, so what do you recommend? So I think if a baby's got a pink bottom, a pink strip down their bottom, that's often it, it can be. First of all, I go straight to mum's diet, how much sugar she's having. I oh, say, have you got a sugar? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Sorry. No, 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 it's all right. But it, it can be just a pink bottom <laughs> and a big sugar. I call it sugar bum. And then it can actually be a thrushy bum and it can, it doesn't hurt the baby, but it has like little bubble, like little raised dots. And those raised dots sometimes need more than a barrier cream and they actually need antifungal cream to go with that. Mm. But we need to look at mum's diet first, get her off the soft drinks that's keeping her awake and all the things, the secret sugar squicks. That just... There's no secret to my <laughs> <laughs> Too much chocolate. Sometimes everyone has a perfect diet and then you find that you're a, they're a chocoholic. Yeah. You go, oh, there's a sugar bar. So that's okay. Sugar butt. <laughs> Sugar butt, like as it. I call it. So yeah. Great. And so a good barrier cream like zinc and castor like zinc and castor oil is great. What did you girls find that you used? But good old pepper. Cornflour, that didn't work, did it? Yeah, <laughs> I, I just used a barrier cream, really. Yeah. And, and then, I think every nappy change just used a little bit of a barrier yeah. cream. And then some air kicks. Yeah, yeah. nappy free time. Nappy free, give them a little kick. Yeah. There's a lot to do, isn't there? Like yeah. Kick and then put them on their tummy for tummy times. <laughs> Even sitting here talking about all this, it does I'm listening to it and I know all this. It does seem overwhelming, but, you know, I think it's just important to remind yourself that this is a new journey and nothing that you do is wrong. 
Now let's move on to the mum because I feel like the mum in all of this is often so forgotten and we, you know, we've been through a major life event, the birth in itself and then having a newborn with us. Do you have any tips on postpartum recovery, whether that be vaginal or cesarean? Yeah, I'd say probably two different recoveries totally. So vaginal recovery hopefully should be better, but it's not always. So I think we need to clarify like what sort of vaginal birth have you had? Have you had no stitches, first degree, second degree, third degree? Have you had a complication where your anus is involved? Like totally different recovery to someone who's just stretched up and done their thing. So (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean? Okay. So it's pretty normal for your first baby to have a little bit of a tear. Of some yeah. sort. That's just totally normal. So yeah. most people have a little bit of anesthetic and a stitch. And so you've got to recover from that. That's about a three-week recovery downstairs, I would say. But then you've got the cesarean, which is a major surgical abdominal operation. Yeah. Okay, so we know as a fact that that's going to take at least six weeks. Yeah. Not on skin level. So you've got a small 8 to 10 centimetre sort of incision incision and we know that the top layer is going to be pretty good after six or seven days but you've got layer upon layer girls and we've got muscles and um, everything's been pulled open and held open for a good hour and you've been rearranged so that's a really different recovery so it's looking at things like you can't vacuum some people go hooray (laughs) you can't drive a car so that's a huge thing post caesar um, for at least three weeks and i think you have to get an insurance coverage letter to drive it three weeks otherwise it's not till six weeks so you're going to need help to get out and get some help around the house and things like that so i think the sort of birth you've had will really impede what sort of recovery you have yeah. um, physiologically let alone the big psychological yeah and and understanding what happens after birth because i feel like there's a tiny little gap that we we don't talk about and then as a new mum you are there and you're like oh no one ever said anything about this so say you have a birth vaginally yeah your vagina can be extremely swollen yes really swollen the flaps can be really quite long and (laughs) really painful and you've got a wee with those flaps so I had a little tip from a mother friend of mine who had a spray bottle. Love the spray bottle. Yeah. yeah. And every time she wee, so it wouldn't sting any stitches yeah. and myself as well, you'd spray the light's mist as you were weeing. And, and is it just water? Yeah, it's just water and it just dilutes on your skin so you're not burning that area and yeah. it's not so intense. And yeah. this is a very mental thing. You know how they sort of don't let you leave until you've done a poo? it's it's all a mental thing you're like I'm going to be so constipated how am I going to get this out having you know a handful of prunes and you know just relaxing on the toilet may be enough for that to happen but these are such simple things that we do leading up to giving birth but they're like milestones the day you give birth or the day after and I think your body feels like it's in a war zone I mean in a couple of days you've got pads on your breast you've potentially got cramps in your stomach and you've maybe got ice blocks in your undies like it's quite a fanfare isn't it 
They are good. You know, so mm. ice blocks and frequent um, showering, and it actually takes time. Mm-hmm. This is where you lose your time, not just because you're feeding your baby real quick. You've got to try and, you know, get your armorage together, don't yeah. you, <laughs> to make sure you're back for the next session and you can sit on a chair even. Like some people can't even sit on a chair for a couple mm. of weeks. And I, I think it um, surprised me the first time how long after birth I bled for. You know, yes. I both of my births have been pretty straightforward I had some stitches with the first delivery and not that that's related to you know bleeding from your uterus at yes. all but I was surprised how long that went on for and this time actually for the I've mentioned this before for the first week I wore adult diapers and I found that they helped so much with my confidence They're and brilliant. that kind of thing because I felt like the first time I was always worried that you know this boat of a pad had like moved to the side and I was going to have blood all over my pants or whatever mm. but this time I just felt like I was really surprised supported mm, and held yes. in and safe yes um, well, they're like shorts almost well mine mine weren't shorts but they were high waisted okay. so I felt like my tummy was it's a bit supported, supported. Yeah. it was just like a bit of nurturing. a hug it yeah. really did feel yeah. nurturing yeah. um and I yeah I found they helped a lot yes so my tips to the new mums is get in that hot shower it's like liquid Oh, deliciousness it puts so you back good. on the map of yeah. motherhood every time yeah. if you get desperate ever with a crying baby or you don't know what to do put your baby down somewhere safe go oh, jump in the shower and just recalibrate because yeah. you're you know you've had your confinement and now you're in the season of refinement yeah. <laughs> where you've got to recover mm-hmm. and you've got to let all your orifices are crying out yeah. and you've just got to listen to that and look after them yeah. and know that that first blood loss is a big one when you first get out of bed that's a big shock too did and you remember how you when you get up and first have a baby and you just have this big gush of blood quite often. Absolutely. And and you're not expecting that. And every time you feed, that can be a shock too that you can have a gush of blood. And I think mums don't realise you can feed Mm. oxytocin's working not just on your breasts but on your uterus. And if you happen to have Henry hemorrhoid down there as well you can actually get a buzzy bee sting feeling in your bottom while you're feeding you think what the heck is going on with my bottom because it's all nerve supply so your nerve in your nipples your nerves in your uterus and your nerves in your body so if you've got stitches that you can get like little like bee sting electric shocks which is actually a letdown reflex but it feels like a bee sting feeling so don't be shocked if your body goes what is my body telling Mm. me and then on that topic a little bit about afterbirth pains what are they and why do we get them yeah so afterbirth pains is the uterus cramping down and trying to expel um, blood in your uterus and it's also so your uterus basically goes back down to a pear shape size literally six days after you've given birth it's incredible it's had this big bag of baby and amniotic fluid and it has to work so hard so your consecutive babies uh you just find have your uterus has to squeeze you're a little bit more lax in your muscles so your uterus has to squeeze that much harder to do the same job right. so any uterine work you've had for any operations or mm-hmm. anything that can make afterbirth pain so you can get afterbirth pains first baby and that can be a bit of a shock to people so you just about 72 hours and they should fly the coop but it's yeah a, it's a real and heavy F- on the heat pack girls <laughs> and fyi they for me were worse than childbirth i'm not trying to scare anyone but they the more children you have the more intense they are yes. and whenever you breastfeed or you try and put your child on your boob 
the uterus. Yeah, your uterus is triggered and you just get the gush that's coming out. It's all doing the right thing, but yeah. I had to, that was my, I had to have more pain relief then yes. than I did with the birth, the birth because yes. it was just a very I'm uncomfortable same, feeling. I, I needed more pain relief for the afterbirth. So I just was regular with Panadol and Voltaren for a couple of days for the afterbirth pains more than any pain in my yeah. vagina yes, at all. Absolutely. Yeah. And then yeah. when it goes, that 72 hours it goes, you think, oh, thank goodness. Yeah, yeah. and you no longer walk. Neither. I mean, I, I was quite lucky with breastfeeding, but every time Goldie woke up, I was no longer like, no, 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 I'm yeah. not ready to feed yeah. you. <laughs> totally. yeah. yeah, so you have to try and get the heat back on before a feed. Not that you know when a feed's coming, but you get the heat back on and get pain relief before you feed. Yeah. That's a really good idea. So, Can I hold off my epidural for afterbirth? <laughs> yes. oh, I wish yeah. that was a thing. <laughs> but this is also a very important episode for the expectant partner to listen to because yeah. – Sitting here and and understanding what women go through, not just during birth but after it, we, we need so much nurturing and help so we don't have to feel like we have to get up and do everything. Like just the fact that, you know, bringing coffees and teas yeah. to you and having snacks nearby so you don't yes. have to get up and go yeah. and do that. It just yes. makes the world pack, of difference. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and it's not to scare any mummers to be no. either because you do get through it and your baby is so worth it and you feel, I mean, I don't know, I felt like a superwoman and I was I was more than happy to go through it oh, all. it's empowering. But it was the things that I wasn't expecting that – kind of rocked Three, me the yeah. most so the day my milk came in dealing with engorgement that rocked me because I feel like I'd never really heard anyone like no one had ever told me that my boobs could get you know I have like a large a and all of a sudden I swear I was sitting high on my chest like an f and you know so no hard. one had ever told me about afterbirth pains before so I was sitting there going look this breastfeeding's okay but what is going on in my uterus like are things exploding mm. in there um so I, I do feel like not not feeling like you know exactly what's going to happen but yes. having some level yes. of yeah understanding mm. I think just helps. general backache too like just if you, you're fatigued I think once your milk comes in your whole body aches and you think oh, I'm getting not the flu but you just feel like you've done a major workout that will resolve but there's mm. lots of body aches and pains you're not expecting or the Do, end of the day you know how you need to normally when you're drags. pregnant put your feet up mm. uh, I was laughing with my friend the other day at the end of the day you need to put your vagina up <laughs> you need to instead of putting your feet up it just feels like a weight and yeah. it's yeah when you're pregnant you, your feet ache at the end of the day and they feel swollen swollen and throbbing after you've had your baby you just at the yes. end of the evening you just need to put your vagina up yes yeah. <laughs> and it's like you yeah. want to hold you want to put your hands down there and to hold, hold it, it in yeah it's like it's not going to fall out again it's <laughs> it, still in there oh it's poo i would, <laughs> I would, I would, I would vacuum the floor like and i would have and i would go and get like a bag of peas and shove them underneath my yeah. pad just so i could have that throbbing sensation stop yeah. And let's and maybe be serious. You stop vacuuming the floor. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, go. I'm still learning. Sometimes it's an outlet, Jade. Isn't yes, it? yes. I think another thing that surprises people, I've never had them, but I think you did, Jade, is night sweats postpartum. So What's I the was, deal? yeah, I was dripping in sweat after I gave birth, like drenched. My hair was all frizzy and messy, mm. and I was just saturated for a good probably two weeks. Yes. Absolutely, it's milk, milk hormones and right. removal of estrogen and your hormonal just, 
your hormonal blueprint is so different for everyone, but a lot of people that when their milk comes in, from the minute their milk comes in, they just start the sweats. And you're literally drenched, like someone's poured water mm. over you while you're sleeping and you wake up shivering. You literally, yes. you cannot, you get cold. Yes. You literally have to think, I've got to change my clothes. Do I so, have the flu? No, I don't have a no, fever, no, but I feel like I do. It's like a milk fever with no fever. Yeah. But it's literally, and you can shiver and shake. And so I always say to the girls, you know, wear a good hoodie or get a couple of good dressing gowns, That even those ones that mop up the sweat. Because yeah, yeah. you're yeah, not exactly going to be washing 100 dressing gowns, but you want a bit of absorption there. And sometimes you go to bed just with a dressing gown on. Yeah. And cosy like that, something down your back. And some people smell more when they are breastfeeding, correct, mm. with odour, body yeah. odour. Is that yeah, a that's reason? Just, that's just all hormonal mm. and your endocrine. Everything's readjusted. Because I've never got the sweats, but I definitely find that I sweat more in my underarms and feel like I smell a bit more. Yeah, um, you, you do stink. Just, just, <laughs> just throw that on the pile of postpartum sexiness. <laughs> right. Earthiness. Earth, the last earthiness. question. Tips for things that we can ask our friends and families to help with postpartum. All right. Well, the wondrous thing is food, I think, yeah. food delivery. Uh, but find out what people like to eat. There's no point having 100 lasagnas. And if then, they're vegetarian. If they're vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> or if people love, like, it's good old HelloFresh now, you know, if yeah. some people don't want to actually shop either but they want yeah. a few meals on the – and maybe your partner likes cooking and that's a relaxing, relaxing thing for him. You're happy to swap roles for a bit. You know, like just figure out – before you have this baby, what is your partner willing to do for you? Maybe yeah. ask him. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, get a list. Sometimes happen. they don't know until they, they are in the middle of it. Yeah. They actually have no yeah. idea. Or they're forced to because you're just horizontal and hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> you think, uh-oh, he has to do something. She's hysterical. I need yeah. to help her. So we want to try and avoid hysterics and yeah. that overwhelming, I can't do this new job, it's too hard. Everyone feels this is a really hard job and you never forget it, like, I'm a mother 30 years down the track. I never forget those newborn days. That's how potent it is. And it's the biggest shift in our life ever. It is. And as much as we're going through everything ourselves and giving birth, our husbands or our partners are also going through the same thing. Obviously may not be as intense physically, but emotionally they're trying to understand and they're trying to learn as you're going through it as well. So I think we have to... And I think the more confidence you can give them, the better it is for everyone. It's good for you because they can help out. You know, if they're not normally the cook of the family, just give them some confidence oh, in the kitchen. Oh, for God's sake, you know just, what? If they're going to give you baked beans on toast, just accept the baked beans on toast because you're going to be that <laughs> bloody hungry. That, you know. You'll love a baked bean if it's yeah. been served to you. Yeah, <laughs> you totally, didn't have to do it yourself. You know, but I think that if they're... Yeah, I think I'm not not saying molly coddle them because you're the one who really like is deserving of support. But yeah, they've had a massive life shift as well. But I just think that you need to understand that you're a first time parent and they are exactly the same as you. So I know you've 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 carried them, but now you're in the same Mm. position to help and do things, and you need to support each other and not say you're doing it wrong. You got to do this. You got to do that. Just understand that you're probably going to be two different parents and that's okay that's what makes a family yeah 
and they find it hard to watch you go through birth, but they find it hard to articulate what they've watched and what they've gone through with you. So some of them process really quickly with that mm. and others take time and it comes out you might like I was really worried about you, like I thought you were going to die or I thought you were going well, to, and, you know. And they were stone cold sober during it, you know. Like we've got oh. all these hormones going on, like which yeah. means that parts of the birth are hazy, some parts yeah. are the most like vivid things you can remember mm. and some you don't remember at all. Whereas they're going through that, you know, in yeah. the same way, you know. that So they should. We're in pain anyway. <laughs> they're trying to protect you. Yeah. You know, that's their their primeval thing yeah. is to protect and provide for you. So yeah. they don't feel like they don't know what they're protecting because you're yeah. an inflammable species. That's <laughs> <laughs> we are. <laughs> well, that's everything today. Thank you so much for Thank joining so us much. for two episodes. You've just been an absolute wealth of knowledge and you're so much fun and <laughs> we can't believe how many people we've had write in saying that they've had person-to-person experiences with you in the past and how much of a beautiful, beautiful person you are in their in their whole life story so thank you so much for all you've done for so many women and for coming on the show and chatting to all our listeners it's been really fun and lovely to get to know you girls you're doing a great job and you're really just putting yourselves on the map there for a wonderful niche for young mums and expectant parents it's just lovely they love listening to you the number of people that have rung me and said oh I love listening to those girls. Oh, so. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's really good. No, and it's happy not. Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Year. Thank you so much. Happy Mother's Life. <laughs> happy Mother's Life. Thank you so much, Randy. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beyond the Bump. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and give us a review. If you didn't, good on you. You can also follow us on Instagram at beyondthebump.podcast to stay up to date on behind the scenes and future episodes. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.